What's up, everyone? This is the Take It Easy Sports Show, episode 41, and we've got a special treat for you today. My name's Eric Newman, and with me is Zach Alvira, better known as the Z-Man. And I want to do a fun segment today for the Arizona Varsity Podcast Network. Get to know the Z-Man. Get to know the Z-Man. First off, how you doing, Z-Man? Is this my punishment for the recording that I did last week for your 1K followers? How did you get the nickname Z-Man? That's a good question, Eric. How did I get the nickname Z-Man? Because you're the only one that calls me that. uh, People really want to know all about you. We interview people all the time. Although it's been several months now since we've done that. But we used to interview people all the time. And we do it in our regular work. What do you think about the nickname Z-Man? Um, I think it's about as good as whatever accent you're doing right now. Who in the Arizona high school football community would you want as your life coach? If you had to pick someone to be your life coach for one day, who would it be? My life coach? Yeah, they would just walk around with you, and they Um, would tell you what to do in your regular life, coach you, oh, buy this apple from the grocery store, or something of the like. (laughs) Um, I'll be honest, I feel like uh, Coach Garrison at Chandler could uh, make me want to run through a wall or something, like he just, I feel like he'd have like the best, uh, best pep talks for sure. I agree. That's a good idea. Have you ever tried to freestyle rap, Zach? We're getting to know the Z-Man. How long are we going to do this? Answer the question. <laughs> uh, Probably back in like high school, maybe I tried to freestyle rap. But if you're going to if the next question is, will I try? The answer is no. I'm not going to ask that. There's right. already one annoying thing going on in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably uh, it's probably gone be? on too long, too. Way too what long. What would your rap name be, Z-Man? Would it just be Z-Man? Uh, probably Z-Money, if you got to throw in a little rap flair to it, right? Z-Money, I like it. French yeah. fries or onion rings, Z-Man? Uh, <laughs> uh, French fries. Nice. Is frozen yogurt overrated, Z-Man? Um... I don't know, because I haven't had frozen yogurt in like a year, probably, or longer. So you know what it tastes like. I mean, I guess. I mean, I, I mean, I, the last time I got it, I think I just got like vanilla. So it's not like I really explored like, you know, some exotic flavors or whatever. Frozen yogurt needs to get over itself. Anyone who calls it Froyo should go to bed. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something else. Yeah, I could have. I myself. Chicken nuggets or a chicken sandwich, Z-Man? Uh, we talking crispy or grilled? Whatever you want. It's open to interpretation. Get to know the Z-Man here on the Arizona Varsity Podcast Network. Uh, why are we doing this? Um, That's not an answer. Uh probably grilled chicken sandwich but regular chicken uh chicken nuggets what's the worst interview you've ever done z-man um 
No, I see. I'm not gonna obviously name names, but whenever it's this someone... one. Okay, well, actually, yeah, never mind. This one, a hundred percent, a hundred and ten percent. This one. What's your favorite action movie? Um, I don't know. I mean, one movie that I honestly could watch over and over again and not really get sick of it is The Dark Knight. It's a great movie. Yeah. They wrote that about me. I was the guy in the clown costume. Yeah. You were the you were the stunt double. That's right. <laughs> Do you have a favorite color, Z-Man? Uh probably like blue. That's a good answer. What else do you want to add to the audience? People want to know all about the Z-Z-Z, man. I want them to know that I want this to end. Okay, yeah. I just, I had listened to some really bad sports radio earlier today. And <laughs> I've been just thinking about that terrible broadcast voice. And obviously I hyper I hyperbolized it there quite a bit. But... I just figured that we've done a bunch of bad interviews before, but I wanted to have specifically an answer to what the worst interview ever was. And now we both know. Okay. So that was, so we're good. Like we can go on now. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so for those of you that have obviously lasted through all of whatever that was, um, Thank you for tuning in to episode 41 of the Take It Easy Sports Show, as Eric has already mentioned, uh, in a very annoying way. Uh, my name is Zach Lavira. I do not go by the Z-Man. I do not endorse that nickname. I do not like that nickname. If anyone calls me the Z-Man, I will not acknowledge you. Um, in fact, I may block you on Twitter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, they listened, at least. That's true. That's true. Uh, Eric Newman, the uh, one who kicked off the show for us today, a rare, a rare occurrence for Eric to kind of kick off the uh, the show. Um, he doesn't usually feel too comfortable doing it, or maybe I just kind of take over, and that's why. But anyway, I'm much um, more comfortable with you doing it than I can well, just make my weird comments. Well, not only that, but we now we obviously know that whenever you start an episode, we don't know what we're in store for. That's right. So, um, but yes, episode 41, um, you know, if you missed last week's episode, please go back and listen to it. It was extremely funny. Probably one of the best episodes that we've had. Uh, I surprised Eric with a 1k follower shout out kind of audio montage thing from a bunch of members of team AZV, some other media entities, uh, from really across the state. And of course, um, you know, Chandler head coach Rick Garrison got in on it. And then my buddy Daryl too, which obviously really set Eric off. That was probably the the best part because it was just like hey eric this is daryl and daryl's like who's daryl <laughs> it was it was pretty funny um but with that being said eric i actually have more people that wanted to give you a shout out so uh here we go no nah, i'm just kidding no one else oh, thanks shout goodness. Out. yeah no i'm just messing with you i believe uh, <laughs> half a second we i know i knew you would there's humor and I can usually tell when you're just being dry sarcastic and i think it's the same for you but yeah you a second yeah and about how good uh and how fun the last episode was and juxtapose that with the extreme unprofessionalism and <laughs> bad radio voice that we've done in the uh, and not just not we i'm taking all the blame slash credit if it blows up um for for this one but yes that was a fun <laughs> episode um and i figured i had to do something um to return the favor 
though I well, really failed at doing a good job. But I'm you happy. know. You know what's really funny though is when you said before we started recording, "Hey, I have something for you." I honestly got really worried yeah. because, like, for me, you know that I'll like keep it like somewhat tame, but like for you, I mean, I I didn't know what to expect. Like, I was expecting somehow you'd like include a video segment, and it would be just okay. random clips that you like took of me of like in, in like weird, embarrassing moments, whether like it's us working in the office together from a while back, or I don't know, me on the sideline, I, like maybe you caught me like like scratching my nose but it looks like I'm picking it or something like that which obviously in the age of covid would have been very disgusting I mean to do um I don't know man like I was actually really really concerned for a moment there like <laughs> so, so what we got was actually not too big of a deal should we get to the non self-indulgent content where we actually start talking about some stuff yeah, and no, I think that's a, probably a good idea. Uh, I think we're going to kick off the show with probably the biggest news of the day, and we are recording on Monday, March 1st. Happy March, everybody. We have made it to the start of spring sports. We've made it to the month in which March Madness, which we were obviously deprived of last year, was taken away. Um, so, But to kick things off, we're going to talk football because the Cardinals went out and got J.J. Watt, and... I don't know. I feel like maybe I wasn't as surprised by it as a lot of others are just because, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, there's that connection there. I mean, he posted a picture of the two of them in Cardinals uniforms, photoshopped in Cardinals uniforms, um, saying, like, let's finish what we started or something like that. But um, still, though, I mean, J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones, along with the rest of the interior defensive line, um, who knows about Patrick Peterson? We don't know yet, but Obviously, you've got Byron Murphy back there in that secondary. Um, you know, you still got guys like Devon Kennard who are going to be, you know, kind of in that, I guess, rotational role maybe. And Devon, obviously, I mentioned him because he's Desert Vista grad. Um, and then you've got that linebacking group. So, I mean, this defense can be pretty scary. Absolutely. it's It signals that they really think that they are for real. You don't go out and get a veteran – guy like this for a lot of money unless you think that you're going to compete right away yeah um because he's not a he's not a future prospect or anything nope. like that he's he's not gonna be around for 10 more years probably he's he's in his prime right now maybe toward the end of it or whatever I, it, you can you can argue what part of the prime or whatever but mm -hmm. he's obviously a productive player but you're not doing it for the way future. You're doing it for trying to compete at this very moment. Um, and it obviously um, he's a big name. He's going to draw what, I don't know if they'll sell tickets. Um, Jersey sales though. Yeah. Sure. Jersey, Jersey sales. sales. Yeah. It's a big deal. Um, he's one of the NFL stars. He's won the defensive player of the year before just a yeah. tremendous leader. Uh, really seems to be a good dude and yep. I don't know I, I'm excited that you mentioned the defensive line is going to be really fun to watch because they've already got some good talent there yeah and you've got coach uh, Brenton Buckner there as well obviously shout yep. out to uh, to coach Buck um, but you know you mentioned a good point is you don't pick up someone like J.J. Watt unless you're in or at least like unless you think you're in like a win now situation yep. where you think that you have the talent to go and win a championship or in this case, a Super Bowl world championship. Um, but on the flip side of that, 
I don't think if you're J.J. Watt, I don't think you sign with anyone unless you think that you have a legitimate chance at winning. No, that's right. And and I think I even saw one of the things, uh, I can't remember who tweeted out, it was either Schefter or Rappaport or one of those uh, NFL insiders. But, you know, apparently one of the criteria for J.J. Watt to find a new team was the quarterback position. And essentially it was a nod to Kyler Murray because, you know, obviously JJ didn't want to go anywhere without an established quarterback or without one that he thought was going to be a star at some point, maybe in the very near future. And obviously he chose the Cardinals. So maybe Kyler Murray is that for him. Um, But then it kind of brings up other interesting questions because the Cardinals at this point are essentially taking over the Houston roster. And by that, I mean, just, you know, obviously DeAndre Hopkins and, you know, JJ Watt, but the the question I've been hearing now, or I guess the the comments or the hypotheticals, do you think the Cardinals would be interested in trying to go get Deshaun Watson? I mean, obviously you take away Kyler Murray at that point, but I don't know. I mean, personally, I think you stick with K1, but I mean, it's interesting because all of a sudden you've got DeAndre Hopkins, JJ Watt, who are both very close with Watson. And I mean, Watson, there's no doubt about it. He's a hell of a quarterback. So what do you think they can, I mean, do you think they should be interested in at least, you know, kick the tire a little bit? You have to at least look. Um, And I ultimately would be surprised if they go and get him, but there's maybe two or three teams in the league that wouldn't want Deshaun Watson right now. Right. Like um, unless you have, um, unless you have Patrick Mahomes or you've got, some of these other great young players, you've got Russell Wilson, who yeah. maybe he'll be somewhere else. Unless you've got an absolute stud um, young guy, there aren't many better players in the league um, at that position right now. And there's not, there's even less that are young and have a lot of years to go. Um, so you have to look at him because he's just that good of a player at an important position. But yeah. I think just because he's from Houston, um, doesn't necessarily mean as much as we want to give credence to like, yes, these other two guys are from that area, but it, it doesn't mean that there's some sort of crazy pipeline or anything. Um, JJ Watt being from Houston um, from the Texans is it, it means something, but it was a free agency thing as much as anything else. And Hopkins was a year ago. So it's like, yes, we've got two of their, um, former big guys here, but it doesn't mean that there's some pattern. Um, so we might be reading into it a little bit more, but yeah, yeah. To short answer your question. Yes. You have to look at Watson. Uh, he's a, he's a tremendous player, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you, cause you'd have to give up a lot to get him. It wouldn't just be trade Kyler Murray for him. That doesn't no, make sense. Yeah. No. And then my next question is with JJ Watt joining, he obviously sees something in the Cardinals, right? Of we can course. agree on that one. Okay, cool. So does Fitz resign? That's a good question. Yeah. I wonder if that plays into it. Like, and maybe they had that discussion before and JJ's like, I'll come if you stay. Um, maybe. Or, yeah. Or maybe he's like, Oh, Larry, uh, Larry could be his mentor or the mentor to some of the other guys. Maybe they'll get other free agent signings. Um, so I would hope so, but, you know, it, it, it depends. Yeah. And, you know, I saw something pretty cool too. Um, 
I, and again, I can't remember. I wish I would have just saved the tweet. Like I wish I would just screenshotted it to to read it off. But um, it was something along the lines of if Larry does sign, it will be the first time in really in history. Well, I guess it's not really that long of a history. Basically, since they've been putting the Walter Payton Man of the Year award patches on the jerseys, it will be the first time that an NFL team actually has two because J.J. Watt won it. And then obviously uh, Fitzgerald won it as well. So kind of a cool, cool little stat. side note. Yeah. I mean, that. I mean, obviously, especially when you consider what that award is all about, obviously community service and giving back and, um, you know, all that. Devon Kennard was actually nominated for that award, I think, like a year or two ago when he was with the Lions. So uh, very, very cool with that as well, if that were to, you know, happen. And hopefully it does. I don't want to see Fitz retire. You know, no, I want I the opportunity. I want the opportunity to go and see him in person one more time. Obviously yes, we couldn't get that. So, and I think maybe he'd want that too, but again, I can't speak for him. I don't know him personally. I don't know how he thinks. And ultimately he's going to make the decision that he thinks is best for him and his body and, you know, his life or whatever. So, um, still very cool though. Very exciting. If you're a Cardinals fan now, let's go, uh, you know, pick up some other key needs and, you know, I don't know, maybe another. That's right. <laughs> yeah i uh, um i think that uh, going back to jj watt for just a minute i think that we could see his production go up a little bit more too because he's no longer the um the soul of the defense like there's i mean he's obviously a great player but you've got chandler jones you've got um baker you've got some of these other guys that maybe they have that opposing offensive lines have to focus on a little bit more so maybe he's not getting as many double uh, doubles on blocks and everything. So he could have a chance for one-on-ones with a tackle or something like that and uh, get some sacks and big tackles. So we could see potentially if he stays healthy, uh, a kind of a rejuvenated statistical year from him. And not only that, but I mean, all of a sudden we're talking about the Cardinals signing literally one of the faces of the NFL. Yep. Can you imagine how many, like, for example, like primetime games the Cardinals may get just because of that? Oh, for sure. I mean, especially when you take J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones, who obviously when J.J. Watt's healthy, they're two of the best pass rushers in the game. So if you get them two healthy at the same time on the defensive line with a, a high powered Cardinals offense, as long as it can take that next step next, you know, obviously next season. I mean, we, we're talking about the Cardinals getting Sunday night games, Thursday night games, um, you know, Monday night games. I think Sunday night, though, I, I would love to see them play Sunday night a couple times, especially, you know, obviously if we're allowed to have fans there, that would be a game that I want to go to because, you know, it's going to be against a really good opponent, too. When I moved here in 2016, the sports scene was not very good professionally. Yeah. Um, the Suns were bad. The Cardinals weren't very good. The Diamondbacks had one or two good years. The Coyotes were bad. And now, like, obviously the Diamondbacks have regressed. They were awful last year. But it was a weird season. The Coyotes look like they're moving forward a little bit. The Cardinals look like they're in an upward trajectory. Um, The the Suns obviously look great. We've talked about that in the the last few podcasts. It's, It's super fun. Um, to see a vibrant sports town in this way. And you can see the excitement kind of building. It just sucks that it's happened in a year where no one can go see the games. Yep. But hopefully, you know, obviously cases are looking great right now um, as far as like the trajectory of everything, hospitalizations, all that's down. 
uh, more and more people are getting vaccinated. I know Eric, you've you're already fully vaccinated. My parents just got fully vaccinated as of uh, what three days ago. I took them at like three in the morning, which was not fun. Um, worth it though. Um, and then you know, not to you know go away from sports completely, but all of a sudden now 55 and older can get it. And then uh, the counties might start opening up to essential workers, which means, you know, even though people don't think I'm really essential in what I do, uh, I would actually qualify at that point. So I would be, well, I would try to be first in line to go get it. But whenever, uh, you know, Maricopa County allows for that, but our good friend Lance, he got the shot because Coconino opened it up to essential workers. So uh, we're getting back to that point now. Um, the only reason I kind of bring that up is by the time this podcast actually is posted and airs, it might be around Wednesday, which would be March 3rd. Eric, if I told you that was exactly a year to the day when we were inside of a packed desert financial arena for the all Awatuki 6A state title basketball game, does it feel like it's been longer than a year? Because for me, it feels like it's been forever. It is. It's forever ago. Um, yeah. It is an eternity in terms of the amount that's happened in the world. Yeah. Um, and we had heard about this coronavirus thing coming from, you know, it, it was bad in Italy. People were like, oh, they it's crazy. They had to shut down for a week um, yeah. and things like that. And we had heard that maybe it was coming our way, but little did we know um, what was coming. It, it That is pretty crazy to think about just a year ago. Um, it's I mean, it's been a calendar year since things have been completely different. And yeah. they've gotten a little bit more normal, but you can never go back um, to exactly the way it was, I don't think. Well, I mean, I hope we can. But, you know, it's just crazy because I remember going to that game and, you know, it kind of be in the back of my mind, like, oh, well, you know, this new virus, whatever. Like, We had a few cases in Arizona, but obviously, you know, we didn't think anything of it. Um, and then what was it? Probably a week or so later all of a sudden is when the infamous, uh, you know, you are all safe announcement from the Oklahoma city PA um, public address announcer at, at the game when they were supposed to take on the Utah jazz, when that yep. game was canceled out of nowhere. And then literally from there on, it was just, I mean, NBA, uh, NCAA, um, geez, <laughs> what was it? The NHL literally just a domino effect from there everything just shut down like literally we went from all sports going on to a week later nothing and nothing until like june or july when the nba started back up remember when uh it was it must have been march maybe early april maybe just march but donovan mitchell was one of the first people in the in professional sports that got it and he went on talk shows um without before people started wearing masks and everything and he went on talk shows um and i think it was maybe ellen or one of the one of the big talk shows like that and he had tested positive for coronavirus and we just didn't know uh what was coming so sports played a pivotal role in that i think it really brought attention to it to the masses and um for a while we didn't have anything you and i were struggling to have anything to write about Mm-hmm. It was crazy, man. I mean, it was, it was just a bizarre situation. And to think that we've been, it's been a whole year now since that happened. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, but 
you know, on to some better things. Like I said, things are looking better. We obviously, I mean, the FCS is playing football right now, which is That's awesome. Um, we are officially in March. And I think for probably the first time, we're going to have like a true quote unquote March madness for Arizona high school football, or I'm sorry, basketball, because all the playoffs are taking place in about a week and a half or so from now. So it's going to be wild. It's going to be fun, man. And I mean, honestly, like the amount of times that all of us are probably going to like say March madness or whatever Arizona high school basketball edition. I mean, I don't blame us though. You know, it, it, I mean, it's worth it. It's warranted, I think. So with that said, Eric, let's take a look at some of these rankings. Uh, let's look at six, uh, a rankings. Now, of course, um, these are, these might be a little bit different because the new rankings are going to come out about eh, almost 12, 14 hours from when we're, uh, actually recording this. They come out Tuesday at 10 AM, but regardless, we can still take a look at at least the top three, four or five teams. And also like a dark horse is kind of what I want to get into. Um, but first one thing I just remembered, Eric, last week we mentioned that Devin Booker could sneak into the all-star game. And sure enough, I think right after we got done recording, he actually was announced as a, uh, as a replacement for Anthony Davis. Yeah. So congratulations to book. I think um, that's what we figured was going to happen. We, we did. We did say that. And that, that's kind of the thing. I was like, man, like, should we go re-record this? But I remember you brought up that fact. So we're fine. Um, I mean, no one said anything, so whatever. Yeah, um, no one cares. No, not at all. Um, <laughs> uh, 6A rankings. Now, some of these teams, again, they did play tonight as well. So these may be a little bit different. But as of right now, as of Monday, March 1st, Sunny Slope is still hanging on at number one. Perry's number two. Mesa's number three. Highland, who beat Mountain Point. And then I believe they beat... Who else did they beat? Um... Well, they, they beat Mountain Point before, then they lost to Mountain Point in the in the rematch. Uh, then they beat Desert Vista most recently. Uh, they're number four right now at eleven and or I'm sorry, twelve and three. So Todd Fazio's had you know he's got them on a pretty good path right there as well. So right now they're number four, Hamilton number five again on Tuesday or when you're listening to this podcast, it may very well be different. So take these with a grain of salt as far as the rankings go. But what we do know, Eric, is we kind of have an idea of who maybe the favorites are. Yeah. Um, Sunny Slope, obviously, you can't tell me that they're not a favorite right now. Perry Absolutely. is right up there with them. And Mesa, who I saw for the first time on Tuesday against Shadow Ridge, that's a fun team to watch, man. Yeah. They're so fun to watch. I mean – the big story has been their defense and their defense is amazing. They, they know how to, you know, force, I guess, steals. They know how to, you know, force bad shots. Shadow Ridge couldn't make a basket until probably the fourth quarter. Um, but Steven Cervantes is an extremely good ball handler. He knows how to poke the ball away from, you know, the opposing dribbler on, on defense as well. And then you got Tanner Crawford who has six foot seven is the biggest on the Mesa roster, but is so fun to watch. I mean, I posted a video of it. Literally they had a fast break three on one and Cervantes passed it over to, I think it was Talbot Cummard. And then he just literally just lobbed it up for, for Crawford who just came flying in for the dunk. I mean, they're just so fun to watch, man. Yeah, definitely. That's a, that's a really well coached team. They've yeah. got talent, um, and they've played some. They've played some big games and won them. Yeah, they beat Sunny Slope. Yep. So 
Um, I think you have to. Sunny Slope's been great other than Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They've been amazing. But, yeah, Mesa is at 14-1. and Uh, Their next two games, or last two games, I should say, to finish off the season at Westwood, at Skyline, obviously two very winnable games for them. Uh, They've, you know, they've long locked up the East Valley region. They're 8-0 in region play. So, um, Perry, Dylan Anderson, Cody Williams, um, man, they've got their whole entire starting lineup. I really could name honestly. Um, Christian Tucker is really, really good at point guard. I mean, this Perry team is scary good, and they're thirteen and one. They take on Basha and Brophy, so two also pretty good teams uh, to finish off the season. So, and I think that's honestly why they're ahead of Mesa right now in the rankings is because of the strength of schedule. Yeah. So, um, you know. How legitimate is this Perry team? I think they're, I mean, you've got a seven footer. You're going to be in the game. Yeah. Um, and you've got great guards. You're going to also be in it. They've got the talent. And um, I think that playing this tough schedule really makes a difference in a shortened season. Having big games like that makes a really big difference. It does anyway. But yeah. um, in, in something where teams haven't had as long to build their identities and things of that sort, it, I think it's a really big deal. Do you have any do you have kind of a dark horse or someone that you think that's not near the top of the rankings right now that are going to be uh, contenders later on? So I think the obvious one is Mountain Point, but I'm not going to include them because I think yeah. we both know how good they are. Um Honestly, I don't know if, if necessarily they can contend, but I think teams that could play spoiler. Um, I like Valley Vista and I like Basha. Um, you know, Desert Vista is also one of those teams. They're right now at number 14. Um, if those rankings were to hold, they would actually be facing Mesa, which I think would be a very interesting matchup as long as Desert Vista has Tyon Thompson back. Um He's been out for a couple of games, but obviously, I mean, you're talking about Cervantes versus, um, you know, Dalen Martin, as far as the point guards go. And you're talking about uh, Cumberd versus Andrew King in, in like the, I guess, you know, shooting guard area, I guess you can say um, that would be a really good matchup, I think. And Desert Vista is much better than what their record shows. Remind you, they didn't play as many games either because they missed, I think, two weeks with COVID. So, I'm going to throw those three teams out there. Obviously people know about Basha Valley. Vista is a very young team, but they're very talented as well. What about you? Who are your, uh, who's your dark horse team or teams? So I like that Basha pick. Trenton McLaughlin is, is can go off any night. Yep. He's um, got that Mamba mentality. And it's hard to call them too much of a dark horse because they're number seven. As we say this, I don't know what they will be later, but I think Liberty on the right night can beat anybody. Um, they're really yeah. live and die by the three. And so if that can hurt, that rate, can, yeah. I mean, that can really hurt you though, too, if you're cool. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I mean is yeah. if they get a stretch where they're playing two or three games in a row where they're hitting at a really high rate, um, I think they could be, they could get some stuff done. I also kind of, I don't think they'll uh, really contend contend, but Chandler is a team that could spoil. Um, yeah, I agree with, with Nicholas Riley and uh carson kelly those two could just go off and be dominant for a game uh, yeah. or two and it's just whether the the role players can kind of come up and 
can do some stuff there. But I think that if if either of those guys are really hot for a night, um, they could play spoiler. And obviously yeah. Hamilton's good, Brophy's good. Yeah. Um, I think this is a really there's a lot of talent at this level. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, let's move on to six eight girls really quick, Eric. We're yeah. not going to go all boys right away. We're gonna we're gonna kind of intertwine the girls in there as well. For sure. Um, Valley Vista, obviously. Hamilton, obviously. Westwood, Dobson, obviously. Those are the top four teams right now. Um, you've also got Highland at number six, which is eleven and one. You've got Xavier in between Highland and Dobson at number five at eight and three. Now that's because of their strength of schedule. In reality, Eric, could either of those two Mesa schools maybe upset Hamilton or Valley Vista to get to the championship game? Maybe. Yeah, that's all, that's kind of how I feel. So I'm, I really think that the, the top five we're looking at right now is Valley Vista 1, Hamilton 2, Westwood 3, Dobson 4, Xavier 5. And I'd be really, really surprised um, if – four out of those five teams aren't the final four. Um, yeah. I think those are just, and Highland's obviously been great this year too, but mm-hmm. I, I would be surprised if um, there's an upset big enough um, to, it, to happen at that level. Um, and you could argue Dobson or Xavier at four or five could be a really good game, but um, yeah, I think the, the class is Valley Vista Hamilton um, I'd be surprised again if it's not those two in the final and if Valley Vista doesn't pull out a close one there. But uh, Westwood or Dobson on the right shooting night could do it. Yeah, and the thing to keep in mind too, Westwood and Dobson actually play each other on March 4th. So who knows what that does to the rankings. Um, I mean, it, you know, and I think I said it earlier in the season that um, you know, this game could come down to the region title and it very well could because yep. uh Westwood only has one loss on the year to Valley Vista. Actually, no, I think never mind. I think Westwood already locked it up. They did, never mind. Uh, because Westwood doesn't have a loss in the region. That's and right. Do- and Dobson lost to Mesa by three points. So uh Westwood did lock up the region. However, I mean we could be talking about whoever gets the three or four seed in these game in that, in that Thursday matchup, as long as the two don't lose, you know, before then, of course, but yeah. Um, I mean, regardless, I mean that those two teams, the teams that, you know, every other sport, they don't get very much love. You know what I mean? Um, but they're, the girls are really just showing out for those two schools and they're yeah, representing Mesa. They're really representing Mesa big time. Uh, give me a dark horse, Eric. I think that, um, you could see Sandra Day making a little bit of a run. They're at number eight as we speak. Okay. They've got they're pretty senior heavy. Um, a lot of the girls have grown up together there, and they've got two really good guards. And if you've got senior good guard play, you can you can pull out a win. Okay, I like that. Um, I'm gonna go with Desert Ridge. Um, they're a team who they've been kind of scrappy. They only lost by 10 to Highland early on. Uh, they lost uh, another one by 13 to Highland. They've lost by four to desert Vista. Really the only big loss they've had was to Hamilton, which obviously is one of the best teams in the state, regardless of conference. So 
that's not, I guess, necessarily that much of a surprise. But, I mean, in reality, I mean, th- this is a Desert Ridge team. I know they're beating up on Corona del Sol tonight, and they finished with Cream Creek and Mountain Point, which are two very winnable games. I mean, they would that would put them on a four-game winning streak heading into the postseason. So that could be a team that, even though they're going to have to go on the road, that could be a scary team in Desert Ridge. They definitely um, could. Yeah, so especially if they gain that much momentum. Because if you, I mean, even look at their schedule. They lost to Highland. Then they rattled off five wins in a row. They lost three in a row to, you know, to uh, who was it? Highland Desert Vista Hamilton. Then they went on to win four in a row. They just lost. So if history repeats itself for this Desert Ridge team, we could be talking about a four in a row, five in a row, maybe, you know, more than that as we get into the playoffs as well. So, um, again, that might be looking too much into it, but, you know, oh, well. Um, let's move on to 5A, Eric. Centennial at number one. And they put on a show against Ironwood. You and I talked about that game already. Um, but do you think Ironwood is still the favorite? The favorite, no. Really? The contender, yes. Okay. Okay. I like you that. Why? That badly, it's hard to call you the favorite. And part of it okay. was they played a total long run of games. Um, yeah. Before that, they had played just so many in a row because they had to miss two weeks due to COVID protocols. Um, yep. But uh, to get beat that badly is a really big thing. And they've won four in a row since then. All of them have been by double digits. And I think they still have to play Sunrise Mountain twice. If they beat Sunrise Mountain, well, once is tonight, and we'll know the final score of that. So when we're listening to this, we'll know the answer to that. But um, it could come down to who gets home court between those two because um, it could end up being the one and the two or the one and the yeah. three or something like that. So. I would call I would call Centennial right now the favorite just because they've shown it all season, but Ironwood is right there as well. I also think you cannot count out Gilbert. Nope, not at all. Gilbert, I mean, Gilbert uh, with with Jay Casario as the head coach, you I mean, you can't count them out ever. And they've got a very good team on their hands as well. So, I mean, they they're the ones who have handed Mesa their only loss of the year. So, uh what about Dark Horses in 5A? So there are some that the bottom of 5A is filled with quality teams. Yeah. At 15, 16, 17, 18 is Paradise Valley, Apollo, Millennium, Castile. Each of those could win a game um, in a big moment. But um, Millennium's obviously been to the last two championship games in 5A. Apollo's got Ahmed Mohammed, who's a really, really talented scorer. But a, a team that really surprises me because of where they're placed, um, and a lot of it is just due to their strength of schedule, but Willow Canyon um, yeah. is 11-2, and two, and they're ranked at number 14. Uh, they're easily the only um, team with that good of a record that's ranked at that point. Um, so I think that they could they could pull out a uh, – depending on how they end up ranked by the end of the year, if they're at – if they're still at 14, they'd have to play an Ironwood or a Gilbert or maybe a Catalina Foothills, which would be a really tough task. But I could see them uh, making a run. And then Sunrise Mountain as well at number yeah. 10 at the moment. Um, if they're able to beat Ironwood one of those times, could mean a really big thing. Colin Carey, their top scorer, is a 
a D1 prospect. He's a really, really good player. Um, and Gary Rath does a great job there. How about you? Yeah. Uh, Sunrise Mountain's my pick. Um, and you kind of already covered him a little bit. Five um, A girls, a uh, little bit different because we do have one team that's kind of standing out amongst the rest, and that is Castile. Uh, I think the Colts are definitely the favorite as of right now. I think they're going to be very hard to beat. However, you cannot count out Millennium at number five. And I think even Verado, you've seen Verado this season, right? Yeah, I have. Verado, their defense is really solid. Okay. Um, so, yeah. And they're super experienced. Every girl is a second year starter. Um, and the thing is, they're still a little bit young. They're all juniors and sophomores. So, it's a weird thing where they have experience but they're young too um, yeah so it's there i mean that's their strength as defense they don't have a top scorer so it has to be done um by uh, by committee which is sometimes tough in a playoff situation yeah but um they're great i saw cactus shadows as well and their defense really is standout um, nice but it's hard to say that uh, millennium's going to be beat until you actually see it happen Exactly. Uh, dark horse for me, I think Sunrise Mountain at 12 and three. Again, strength and schedule puts them at number eight. But we, I mean, you brought them up in the boys and Willow Canyon, they're 10 and one in girls as well, but they're number 11. Yeah. That's strength of schedule. And I know that, you know, both those Willow Canyon teams were the ones who, you know, put a beating on, uh, who was it, San Luis earlier in the season, right? Yep. Something like that. Yeah. They put a beating on them. So, um, I think you can't count either of those teams out, really. Uh, what I do you agree. think, Dark Horse and Five A? I I agree with Sunrise Mountain. It's it will it will be hard to call them a dark horse because I would be really surprised if they don't win their remaining three games. Yeah. Um, so the, Apollo's going to be a tough one for them um, because they already lost to Apollo earlier in the year. Apollo's Weathersby is a, a great big who can score from everywhere. Um, but I think Sunrise Mountain might end up like a five or six seed by the end of this. Um, so it's hard to call them too much of a dark horse. But I think Apollo, um, if they're shooting correctly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's hard to say that someone from 12 to 16, 17, 18 is going to give too much trouble. Yeah. Uh, Williamsfield with Toddy Claiborne, uh, formerly of Perry. She could go off. She's a, a, a D1 athlete, really, really talented player. Um, but I don't think Cactus Shadows uh, at three is getting enough respect because their defense yeah. is so freaking good. Um, they've been uh, – they had two tough games, uh, and they lost to Valley Vista, who's the top of 6A. So you kind of have to throw that one out the window. But other than that, they've been really good. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, 4A boys, probably the most up for grabs conference. Well, I guess maybe not. I don't know. St. Mary's is pretty, is pretty good. Yeah, you're right. There are some tiers. I think top tier, I think you put South Point, St. Mary's, and even Paradise Honors up there. And you can even argue with Stray Foothills because they're actually giving Paradise Honors a game right now. Yeah, Paradise um, Honors just beat them by, I think, the final. They beat them by four or five. Okay, so to, yeah, so Australian there Foothills you go. Had a three at the buzzer. Um, I was okay. following along on Twitter that uh, they they couldn't hit it, but that would have tied the game. Um, so they're really talented as well. They've got a seven footer, and in four A especially, that makes a difference. 
Yeah, exactly. And so there you go. So that that would be, be my tears. I mean, South Point Catholic just lost their first game in like two or three years to uh, Sunny Slope, which you know that's a six A team, a six A number one team. Um, but South Point Catholic, St. Mary's, who put a beating on Mountain Point, which I was very surprised by. Um, and then Paradise Honors, I think you're right. I think is that top tier. And then right under there, I think you've got Coconino, um, along with Pueblo, Estrella. And I mean, even Desert Edge, you you just recently wrote a feature on Desert Edge. So definitely go get that a, a read at ArizonaVarsity.com. Um, what do you like so much about this Scorpion team? They're all neighborhood kids and they all grew up playing middle school together and their starting lineup is all uh, seniors that have grown up. Each of them has been on the varsity team for two or three years. Um, and so, and they're, they're well coached. Scott lovely does a good job out there. And I don't know. I just think that it's their, it's their time to kind of shine a little bit. Desert edge hasn't been really known as a basketball school. Um, they're a football school. And so it's cool to see them have some success and they won a really, really uh, close game against Deer Valley. The first time they'd beaten them in a really long time, Deer Valley has been one of the, the teams that's kind of in the class of that um, conference. Uh, one of the top teams every year, last year, they only made, only quote unquote made the quarterfinals, but um, you know, Desert Edge is, is a really fun team. They play with a lot of energy and everything. Um, do you think there are any there are potential spoilers in 4A? Um, man, you re- mesquite with Eric Lira. Um, he's come on strong in terms yeah, of he's one of the I top mean, assisters in the state now. I mean, Eric Lira. I mean, at this point, I'm expecting to see him hit a grand slam for the baseball team in spring. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what can't he do? Um, and then like. I mean, I, I just, that Saguaro team, there's something about them. They just, they play so hard every single night. For some reason, I just can't get over the fact that they could potentially play spoiler. And then we're also talking about a Peoria team who has kind of struggled this year. But, I mean, we've seen them do pretty well in some situations. Look, Peoria um, is going to have to fight to even get in. Exactly. They're ranked 16 at the moment and they just lost, uh, they lost to Barry Goldwater, which is a bad loss for them. Oh, okay. But if, so they've got two games left on the schedule and they've got desert edge and they've got deer Valley. If they win one or both of those in what would have to be an upset now they're in, um, maybe, maybe it would take both, but, um, if they get in, they were in the championship game last year. They've had easily the hardest schedule in 4A um, in terms of win-loss record of other teams. They've played so many good 5A teams. They've played a really tough schedule, and they've had some tough losses. Like they took to they took a loss to Cactus, which really hurt yeah. them. And this Barry yeah. Goldwater one really hurts. But they've got Andrew Camacho, who's a really talented sophomore. Um, Corey Perry can shoot the heck out of the ball. I would not be surprised to see them contend in a, uh, in a first round um, and maybe even pull off an upset if they are actually able to get there. It would just be really hard because even if they get there, they may still be 16 and they have to travel down to Tucson. 
So, well, I mean, they have to travel down Tucson if Sal Point's the number one seed. Now, granted, St. Mary's just beat Mountain Point, which is not reflected in these stats yeah. or in that stats in the rankings. And Sal Point lost to Sunny Slope, which obviously is not a bad loss. But if you look at the average opponent rating for these two, they're separated by about 0.3. So that might be enough to lift St. Mary's above Sal Point for the number one seed, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, 4A girls, I mean, really, can anyone compete with Seton Catholic? No, they can't. Seton okay. Catholic, it would be an absolute upset if Seton Catholic doesn't win 4A. Yeah, I agree. Which, in that case, I don't even know. Is it worth... I mean, so, well, first off, hang on. In that case, I think we should definitely consider Saguaro, South Point, and Mesquite, and even Deer Valley, Flagstaff, Notre Dame, Australia. I mean, all of them are pretty much dark horses at this point, right? Yep. Okay. Saguaro <laughs> at the two seed is a dark horse. Yeah, which is crazy because... I mean, Seton's just that good. Like, it's just... I'm going to look at their they schedule. They brought back everyone. Um, As, they... I mean, hang on. Le- really quick. I'm not going to read all of these. I'll, I'll pick out a couple. Uh, Seton Catholic, th- these are some of the wins. The win margins. 62 to 14. 65 to 10. Uh, 77 to 13. Let's see. Let's see. 74 to 22. 76 to 31. Oh man, they play. Ooh, Eric, I think I found. Ooh, Eric, can you go to a game for me on Tuesday? Are you talking about them against Hamilton? Yeah, at five thirty because at six is Mountain Point Desert Vista Boys round two. They um they have not beaten anybody by less than double digits this season. Man, I may have to not see. Hamilton or Mountain Point it is Desert Vista. That's going to be a great game. That, that Hamilton Seton game. I I forgot that they played. Oh man, that could be. Uh, sometimes when you think about these standings, it makes you think that maybe there should be an open, right? Like, yeah. Um, and this year, there's not as many clear favorites. But in the last year, how fun would it have been um, to see some of these top eight teams in an open? Yeah, like we see in football. I don't think it's going to happen, but no. it's fun to think about at least. Holy crap, man. That's a hashtag in my chili voice. Stay tuned for that one. I may. Man, do I really not cover Mountain Point Desert Vista? You've seen enough of those teams, right? Yeah, but I mean, I feel like they're obligated that I have to cover I that feel one. you. Man, that's tough. Because they, if they started at 7, I'd be able to hit both. But they started at 6. And the Hamilton scene's at 5.30. Have oh, you man. noticed that That's tough, these man. times are never correct this year? Yeah, so uh, I went to a game earlier in the season. I could have sworn it said 7 o'clock on AZ preps. and when I Or no, on max preps. And when I looked at AZ preps, it said 6. So I showed up like in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Yeah, and that's been happening all season. I think it's partially just because things are so scrambled right now. Yeah, I mean, luckily I was just doing a feature story and not necessarily a game story. Um, But, I mean, yeah, if I was doing a game story, that would have been really bad. Are you excited for spring sports? Because they start, the practices start soon. I'm very excited, man. I think one of the the things I'm most excited for is the fact that for the first month and a half, two months, we have just amazing weather. 
and going out and just especially when the games are at like like Hohokam for like Mesa schools or like if they're at Tempe Diablo or um man even like I think some games even get played like at Sloan Park I could be wrong on that but when you can go like for me personally like, with the press box isn't open so like when I can go and just kind of go sit by myself in one of those chairs and then you know obviously cover a game from there it's just like it's just there's something about baseball that's just so relaxing. You know well, what I mean? Baseball's going to be it's going to be fun being able to see baseball and softball again in particular. I didn't get out to see any track last year um, because the season was so shortened. Um, yeah, I think I saw th- four baseball games. I think I saw um, I for sure saw Mountain Point Perry. I believe I saw a mesa game and then i saw hamilton play in the boris classic and i think corona was there as well so i kind of saw both of them at the same time the boris classic was the i saw mountain ridge play against a team from utah there Um, yeah and that was the last live sporting event i went to before covid uh really hit and it was a weird tournament because they got we weren't sure if sports were going to be played in the first place um but then it was also rained out the first two days um, wasn't it the first three days maybe no the first you're right three days no because they Either started way. thursday thursday friday saturday yeah thursday friday saturday and they got right out thursday friday you're right yeah so it, it, whether it was two or three days um it was it was a weird time we were so uncertain and to go back to the point you were making before it'll be um a year since all that happened yeah um, and it'll be a little bit um not therapeutic but uh, it'll feel like things are a little bit more right when we're able to see baseball and softball again, because yeah. I still have memory. I have memories of that game and like not being sure. Cause I shake, I've made an active effort um, before all this started to shake the hand of every person I interviewed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the first time I'm like, Oh, do I just give the coach a fist bump or what? Yeah. Like, and now that's become commonplace. Yeah, but- exactly you get an elbow or whatever now even if you're meeting someone for the first time but i remember dousing my hands with hand sanitizer after <laughs> shaking someone's hand and feeling so strange about it um well well like for me too like i think i think i was at one of the games and you know i would be kind of standing like not you know right next to someone because i just even before all this i would hate to stand right next to someone yep uh, but i think i heard someone like go like <clears throat> or like cough or something and i look like oh crap Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be the first one. So yeah, that's right. you know, I would, I would kind of move a little bit, which, you know, now that I look back on it, they probably were like, that's so weird. Um, but I mean, whatever. Um, but no, I'm really excited, man. I mean, I, I'm more just excited for the kids. Um, I feel bad. I feel bad for the seniors last year who didn't get the opportunity, but for, you know, for those juniors and those sophomores and the freshmen and the incoming freshmen who didn't maybe get a season uh, in the junior high, I think they actually play in like fall or winter. But regardless, I'm just excited they get the opportunity. And, you know, we're on the right track, as I mentioned earlier on in the show, and hopefully we stay there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that kind of brings up one point that, you know, we don't know for sure what's going to happen Tuesday with the AIA meeting. Although I can say with, you know, a good amount of confidence, they're probably going to drop the mask mandate when it comes to players actively playing, obviously bench dugout um, parents, of course, coaches, refs, 
us as media members, we also have to wear the masks. I would wear one even if they said I didn't have to. True, me too. Um, but do does that? I mean, your thoughts on that? I mean, person to share my personal thoughts. I don't necessarily care about the players not wearing them while they're actively competing. Um, to me, it's always been just the parents, the coaches. You know, if you're sitting on the bench or in a huddle or whatever, but I mean, the kids actually playing with the mask on. I've never really cared if it drops down or whatever, personally. You know what I mean? Well, the thing about it is that it's been hit and miss who's actually which refs. Um, and it's it's it ends up being up to the the refs at the particular game um, on whether they actually mandate that or not, because everyone yeah. has to have it on their face. But in some games, it's dropping below the nose or it's dropping below the mouth, hanging on the chin for the most part. Um, but some they're really mandating it. So I think it just depends. Um, I think that in, in all, um, in all reality, it isn't the end of the world either way, if they're wearing them or not wearing them on the court or field. Um, it's just a question of, um, because who knows what they're doing outside their home. And that's what ends up being the most important thing is at home, um, outside of the court or the field, how they're living, um, what kind of precautions people are taking and everything there. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Which is, I think, I do think it's going to get dropped. Um, personally, I think it's going to get dropped. Uh, it'll be interesting though, because even Jim Love said that if it's dropped, he will, I don't know if he can call another meeting or not, but he'll essentially vote to cancel the season. Um, so, I mean, uh, tomorrow's going to be a very heated uh, to say the least meeting. So I'm sure you're going to be covering it as much as you can and I'll be yep. covering it, of course. So um, uh, what games do you think about going to this week? I'm going to go tomorrow. I mean, who knows if we can't, well, yeah. we could be, we could not have a game. <laughs> um, I am going to go see, um, I want to go see millennium girls play i did a story on them earlier in the year but i haven't been able to actually go out to a game so i want to go see them this week um i want to go see willow canyon to see if they're for real because we talked about the Ming 11 and 2 i think it is at the yep. the latest rankings um so i might go see them play and you know maybe catch one or two more we don't it's the first time in a while we don't have saturday because um saturday is when the the brackets actually come out. Yeah. So I want to see two or three just to get as many in before playoffs start as possible. I agree with you. Um, so tomorrow I'm still, you know, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do, man. Uh, seeing Hamilton right now is just, I think it's too hard to pass up in, in, on the girl side of things just because, I mean, you're literally talking about two heavyweights going that at That could it. be an open uh, championship. Oh, easily. I mean, even if Seton were to move up to the 6A, that could be a championship game. Yep. So, and beyond that, um, I really want to see Basha play. Um, but I also, I kind of want to see that Westwood Dobson game on Thursday. Yeah. I think it's Thursday on the girls' side, too. So this might be a, a girls' heavy week for me. I'll see I'll see what happens and see what games there are Wednesday and everything. I don't know the schedule off the top of my head, but um, I do want to see Basha play as well. I haven't seen them this year, and they're obvious. I want to see uh, McLaughlin because he's very, very good. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. In my chilly voice, hashtag stay tuned. Um, That's right. So, 
Yeah, I know that's really corny that I say it, not that he says it, but the fact that I'm stealing that from him. It might be corny um, from him, and we just haven't realized it yet. Probably not. Yeah, I don't know. Chili, if you're listening to this, uh, you know we love you. So, um, With that, Eric, what do you say we uh, wrap things up? We didn't really get to 3A or 2A or 1A. 3A, honestly, Valley Christian on both sides, girls and boys, is probably going to be – they're both undefeated. They're both very good. They're hard to beat. Uh, two A Rancho Solano Prep is very, very good on the boys' side, at least. Defending um, champs. Yeah, they're gonna be hard to beat as well. So Scottsdale um, Christian and them are. Oh yeah, Scottsdale Christian. I forgot about Scottsdale Christian. But yes, Rancho Solano should be the favorite until they're beaten. Actually, the don't those don't those two play this week? I think they have already played, if I'm not mistaken, or they play this week. Um, I thought that was a. I thought that was like a Tuesday or Thursday game. It could be. I could yeah, very could well see that being the case, but yeah. um, regardless, it's it, it'll most likely be one of those two teams that um, takes the victory. Yeah, that'll be a fun matchup too. So, uh, but with that being said, thank you all for tuning in, and again for those of you that made it past Eric's uh, uh, unique, to say the least, opening. Uh, thank you. We could not be doing any of this without you. Episode forty-one, forty-one weeks strong between Eric and I. Can you believe we haven't gotten sick of each other yet? Um, kind of crazy, if you ask We're me. like an old couple who has to mix it up a little bit. Um, that's true. That is that's true. That's why I did what I did today. I'm going to say um, thank you for – hopefully you didn't all turn this off and we're not speaking to <laughs> nobody right now. <laughs> well, technically, you and I are speaking to each other. That's true. So, you know, we, we have each other. You have a friend in me, Eric. That's right. Um, but I'm not going to sing that. Uh, with that being said, thank you again for listening. Uh, make sure to give us all a follow on Twitter at Zachovira, at Inuman Rights, at AZHSFB, and at Arizona Varsity. Uh, playoffs just around the corner. It's going to be very fun. Make sure to tune in, and uh, we'll update everyone on our Twitter feeds and obviously on this show as well in the, in the week or two ahead. So, uh, again, thank you all for listening. Eric, if you have any uh any last words, just please don't make it that accent. I'm begging you, please, before we sign off for the night. Night, night. <laughs>